It's just how we fight our battles. When the armies of Israel were faced with the armies of the world, they would march out with praise. And you see that throughout history, how that the power of music and the power of praise has been used throughout battles. And it's still effective today that when we get into those personal battles, when we get into those times that we don't know what to do, start praising Him. Start worshiping Him. Start giving out a battle cry to God because the Lord is able. He's able to intervene. He's able to give us victory. Look at Israel and look at the Bible as it talks about all the times where God came through and they didn't even have to fight because the praise started something. Think of the walls of Jericho going around those walls. They came down. Think of the armies that came against Israel. They started to praise and, and things of natural disasters would start happening all around these other armies and they'd be slain. They didn't even have to raise a sword. Fight your battles. Get in there and get praising. Praise his name. You may be seated. So if you have Bibles with you, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30, 15 uh, to 20. I want to talk to you about a time to choose. I really believe that we're living in a time where God is telling us it's time to choose. It's time to make a choice. It's either to serve me or you don't serve me, but you need to make a choice. And uh, we're going to read a portion of scripture out of Deuteronomy where Moses is speaking to the people of Israel before they enter into the promised land. And this is what he says. He says, now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply and your Lord your God will bless you in the land you're about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and on earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourselves firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And God, I just pray that make your word come alive in all of our hearts, Lord. Whether we're listening online or whether we're right here in this sanctuary here today, that, God, that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit and make your word come alive in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I want to kind of share with you a little bit more of a serious message about a time to choose. Uh, we are living in a time where I believe as Christians it's becoming very important to examine ourselves and the choices that we are making. It's interesting, tonight we're going to be showing you this film on Noah. And as you read the story of Noah, I encourage you to go in your Bibles and uh, read that story in Genesis where it talks about what the people were doing at that time. And it's interesting that as we come into the latter days when we're expecting the return of the Lord, the Bible says, so as it is in the days of Noah, so will it be at the end of time. 
And so, very good message, this message of Noah to be paying attention to, uh, that it might speak to us. But it's the time to choose. Noah was encouraging people of the world of that time and telling them, you know what, it's time to choose. You must make a choice whether it's God or whether it's not God. And, and so, you know, every choice is important. But when it comes to serving God, that choice is extremely important, especially as we uh, recognize that we are living in those days that the Bible calls the very last days. And here in this text, Moses is giving Israel a final message before they enter the promised land. Now, that journey in the promised land had its ups and downs. Uh, uh, here, Moses was constantly encouraging uh, the people um, uh, to, to live for God. And yet, what did we see happen? They continued to make wrong choices. And he saw that over and over again, and, and to such an extent that God got so mad that he was going to destroy Israel, but because Moses interceded, Israel was spared, but yet there was 40 years that they had to wait before they went into the promised land. And, and so that's something we need to be careful because wrong choices are not good things. There's terrible consequences to wrong choices. And as we said, this testing caused Israel to be delayed of entering that promised land by 40 years. And as this new generation arises and they're coming to their own, they're about to enter now into the promised land, the 40 years are over, Moses talks to them again about choices and in the importance of the choices that we make because each generation must make a choice. They cannot live in the choices that their parents made. You've got to live in the choice that you make. And so Moses declared that making a choice for God in his ways was a very important choice to make because in that choice, there'd be life, there'd be prosperity, there'd be blessing. Now, Israel at that time, they were willing to make that choice. They were committing themselves to say, yes, God, we're going to love you. We're going to serve you. We're going to follow you. And they're excited about entering the promised land. But Moses is trying to tell them, listen, I know your parents. I know what your parents have done. I know what has happened to them. I know how they got swayed and turned their backs on God. I don't want that to happen to you because if, you, if it does then what your choice will lead to will be death, curses, judgment. So choices are very important, especially that choice to serve God. And I really believe that God is moving in our world today and encountering people today like never before, and they're getting to that place where God's saying, you need to make a choice. It's either me or it's not me, and it's time to make a choice. Joshua, the, the next leader to follow Moses, he also seen Israel make a lot of wrong choices in the past. They had now conquered the promised land. Uh, the land was divided, and here is Joshua giving a message uh, to the people, a message very similar to the message that Moses gave to them years before. Joshua 24, 15 kind of sums that up. It says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today, whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's an important little phrase. As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a declaration that all of us need to be making as Christians, that, Lord, this is a declaration we make. We will serve 
the Lord. When we have those baby dedications in our church, that's basically what they're doing. They're, they're standing before you as a congregation and says, as for me and my house, including this baby, we are going to serve the Lord. We're going to take responsibility to make sure that we all serve God. Choices need to be made. And then once we make a choice, we need to stick to that choice because temptations will come, pressures will come, disappointments will come, but we need to be firm about that choice to follow God, choosing never to give up. Choose whom you will serve. You need to make that choice, and you need to stick with that choice. It's a very important decision to make. Another individual that comes along the line to speak the same kind of message is the prophet Elijah. And he spoke of this issue of making a choice to serve the Lord. And on Mount Carmel, uh, I've had the privilege of being there a couple of times now to, to stand up there and you look over that huge, huge valley. And there in that uh, mountain, the prophets of Baal and the uh, prophet of God, Elijah, were called together for a showdown. And this is part of the story we find in 1 Kings 18, 21. Short version here. Then Elijah stood in front of Israel and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Here, once again, Israel was at a crossroad. They were trying to serve God but they're also serving Baal. Or in more modern language, that'd be like, I'm serving God, but I'm also serving the world. Their feet were in both places. And they were thinking that, well, that's okay, that uh, God doesn't mind. Well, here we find out that, yes, God does mind. You're either for him or you're against him. And we need to recognize that there's too much today in our world where, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And God will say, no, it's not okay. You're either for me or you're against me. And so Elijah, he really did, spoke to them. And when fire came from heaven, it's interesting that everyone's, oh, the Lord is God, the Lord is God, the Lord is God. Well, they weren't ready to make that statement before that time. That's how bad Israel had fallen away from God. They weren't ready to say, yes, the Lord is God. They waited until fire came down from heaven. And friends, you don't want to wait until fire comes down from heaven because usually fire is judgment. And you don't want to be waiting for the fire to fall to say, oh, yes, the Lord is God, and it's too late. So don't be waiting for that. Each generation must decide to follow God or not. Friend, please don't depend upon your spouse's uh, experience in God that that's going to save you. Don't think that because your parents are Christians that, you know, that's going to save you. Or don't think that, you know, your grandparents are Christians. Well, you know, that's good enough. No, each generation must make a choice. Choose whom you will serve. To choose is to make a choice. It's to make a selection. It's to make a pick. It's to make a decision. Jesus himself, he also spoke on that subject and the importance of everyone making a choice either to follow God or not. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. That's not a really encouraging scripture to read. 
Because it's telling us that the majority of people are not going to respond to God. The majority of people are going to walk away from God. They're not going to choose God. Because that road is wide. And lots of people are taking it, thinking it goes nowhere. But it does. It leads to death. And it all comes down to a choice. Jesus says here, it's a choice. People make a choice of which highway they want to travel on. And, you know, lots of times we try to blame this and we blame that and blame this person and, you know, the circumstances and temptations or hardships and all those hypocrites that we see in our churches and all these excuses that we make up to say, well, that's the reason I'm not a Christian. You made a choice. Your friend, you made a choice not to serve God. Those are not legitimate excuses. The ways, the way to hell is paved with good intentions. People had good intentions, but they never followed through. Never brought them to power. It's time to choose. It's time to choose. I really believe the Lord is speaking that into our lives today. It's time to choose. And if you're here today or you're watching us online and you have not made that choice to serve the Lord, I want to tell you something. It's time to choose. It's time to choose. And I believe that God is bringing people from all over the world and he's speaking to them, and he's uh, uh, causing people to get to that place where you take God seriously. And I think if there's one thing I, I saw with COVID is that I, I see there's been a change. I see there's a number of Christians that are responding, and they're taking their faith seriously. But I'm also seeing the other extreme where I'm seeing some people not taking their faith seriously and walking away, and the figures are telling us that. More and more people are dropping offline. More and more people are saying, I will not be returning to church. It's not important to you. Well, you're making a choice, friend. And God's saying, you need to make a choice today. Either you're for me, or you're against me. That's an important decision, because God's tired of the charades. He's he's tired of the hypocrisy. He's tired of the criticism. He's tired of this lack of commitment, and he's calling us Make a choice. Make a choice. You know, God is wanting fully committed followers of God. And our mission statement that we just revamped, that's exactly what it says. It says, our mission at BFWC, Bethel Family Worship Center, is to reach out and raise up committed followers of Christ. Why would we say that? Because we recognize that's what God wants. God wants committed followers of Christ who are all in and are ready to serve him every day. And as I've listened to podcasts and videos and social media, talking with pastors and church people, I'm just hearing so many people say the same thing, that they really believe that this is a time where God is calling out to say, it's time to take your faith serious. And I believe it is. Time to make a choice. Press in. Serve the Lord. And I know as we've been living through this COVID season, probably the most frustrating season in all of our lives. And there's been things that, you know, that have taken place that we don't like. But you know what, friends? We need to just put past, let the past be past, choose a new day and say, you know what? I'm going to serve the Lord. Whatever capacity may want me to go. It's time to choose. It's time to choose because God's calling. God's calling. And just to help you in that decision, I just want to take a few more minutes to uh, look at a few other verses here that we can look at where it encourages us, make wise choices. Make right choices 
in your life. And that's what I want to talk about for the rest of this message here this morning. And, and first of all, I just want to talk about the wrong choice. Let's get that part over with first to bring us then to the right choice. So first of all, I want to talk to you about the things that lead us to making the wrong choice and experiencing the consequences of wrong choices. Now, nobody wants to make a wrong choice. Everyone wants to make good decisions, wise decisions. No one wants to make poor decisions. But sometimes our attitudes, sometimes our actions uh, that we uh, you know, allow ourselves to dwell upon and then actually do can be very effective towards making wrong choices. Moses spoke to the Israelites, warning them of the attitudes and actions that lead to wrong choices. We already read them back to verses 17 and 18. It says, but if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. So the first thing that Moses is warning them about making wrong choices is that our hearts turn away from God. We lose interest in God. We're not as passionate about God as we used to be. And that's something that we really need to be careful of, that, Lord, rekindle the fire in me. If you find yourself growing cold in God, then pray to God, God, please rekindle that flame within me. God, stir me up again and take steps where you can be stirred up. A lot of people want to avoid church. They want to avoid the Bible. They want to avoid praying. And then they say, oh, God, fan into flame again. Well, he's not going to fan a flame where there is none. Get into a place where there is some fire. Whether it's a small fire or not, get in there where there's something so God can begin to quicken that and blow upon it and touch each one. And so look forward to that. Look forward to that. Uh, Watch your heart. Watch your heart. Watch what you allow in your heart that will turn you away. See, the nation of Israel was very easily sidetracked. Uh, They were constantly looking at what all the other nations had. They weren't concentrating on their own victories. They were concentrating, what are they doing over there? What's that person doing over there? When God was saying, listen, you need to focus on me. He even put the the temple, they built it right in the center that when they would have that encampment in the very center and all their tents would be pointed. So the first thing they would see coming out of their tent every morning would be the temple. They'd see that either the flame of fire or they'd see that cloud, the pillars. And so God was trying to help them. This is where your focus needs to be. But they kept looking to the right and to the left. And I realize sometimes we get tired of Christianity. Sometimes we get tired of doing all this Christian stuff. We get tired of the so-called rules and the practices. And we get tired of church itself. We get tired of disappointments. We get tired of uh, offenses. We get tired of doing work for God. But what happens? We begin to pursue other interests that soon take our hearts. And our hearts begin to follow those things instead of the very God that we said that we serve. That always happens gradually. It never happens right away. And that's why we need to be really careful because it's something that slowly, gradually happens so that we're not attentive or paying attention to what is really happening. And what takes place is that soon, without us realizing it, our focus is now upon our new pursuit and God slowly drifts out of the picture entirely. So be careful what you wish for. 
It may not be as good as what you think, especially if it draws you away from God. Second thing to look for that will lead to a wrong decision is a refusal to listen. I kind of put it, what's the short version of that stubbornness? Sometimes we can be pretty stubborn. Don't want to listen. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to be told. And we just kind of put our hand up and close it off. There may be people here in this church this morning or maybe people watching online that, but I'm turning this stuff off. I'm not going to listen to this. Don't you realize that's called stubbornness? You're refusing to listen. See, God always speaks. He really does. But what happens is we just refuse to listen to him. We're refusing to say, oh, that was God. And we just keep closing it off, pushing him away. We need to be careful of that. Refusing to listen to authority in our lives, refusing to listen to God, doesn't end very well. Take a look at our world. A lot of uh, attacks against authority today in our world. And how is that looking right now? Not looking very good, is it? Reaching a place of stubbornness is not a good thing because stubbornness leads to rebellion. And rebellion, the Bible says, is as bad as witchcraft. So it's not good. So then a third factor that can cause people to make wrong choices is a gradual drawing away that happens as we pursue other interests or practices. See, most people never plan to walk away from God. Most don't. It's just something that gradually takes place as other interests begin to consume us and begin to take all of our time and all of our energy, and then subtly, we're not interested in God anymore. We're not even in church. We, we still love God, so we say we do. We still say, I'm a Christian, but we don't do anything that a Christian would do. And I, we've all been in that place as well where we've said, what does it matter? If you want to do something that's a little bit sinful or a little maybe on the gray area, don't we all say that, well, what does it really matter? Oh, come on. Like, you're religious. Don't we hear that today? You hear that so much today. People say, oh, you're religious. And, you know, they just condemn you. And you're thinking like, what am I doing? I, I thought everybody was a Christian and they're condemning me because I I'm not doing something. Shouldn't they be celebrating that? And they're condemning, oh, you're just religious. What harm is it going to do? And on and on it goes. And soon we convince ourselves that things that the Bible says are clearly wrong. We go out and do and thinking, oh, it doesn't really matter. Well, that's what happens. You get drawn away subtly. You get further and further away from God. So Moses is saying, you need to be careful, careful. Because you know what? He said, it happened to your parents, your very parents that are now buried in the wilderness. It happened to them. They didn't think it would happen to them, but it did. It could happen to anybody. They got interested in the things of the other nations. They got interested to the things that were on the right and were on the left, and they lost their focus on God. So he's saying you need to make right choices. Because when you make those wrong choices, when you're drawn away and you make wrong choices, there's consequences. And, and that's, it's really hard, you know, seeing that take place when you see people, they walk away from God and, you know, they, they get into some trouble and there's some consequences. Your heart goes out to them. It really does. But you know what? You can't change that consequence. Friends, 
There's consequences to sin. There's consequences to wrong living. There's consequences to making wrong choices. Look at uh, the nation of Israel. Forty years in the desert waiting for them all to die off before the next generation could receive the promise. See, sometimes we can miss what God has for us because of our disobedience. Not a good thing. So part of the consequences, wrong choices, is judgment. You will experience judgment. That's not a good thing. I don't even like that word, but it's the truth. The Bible says there is a day of judgment that's coming for everyone. There's a day when every one of us is going to stand alone before God and give an account for what we've done in our lives. Every one of us. There's a day of judgment, a day of accountability that is coming. So we need to be prepared for that. Another consequence is that God's saying that you're not going to enjoy life. You're not even going to experience a long life. Your life is going to be cut short. And how often we, we see that in our world today because of people doing, making wrong choices, their life is taken. A tragedy happens. All kinds of things like that take place all the time. He goes on to say, your life will be miserable. You want to live a miserable life? That's what happens when you choose not to follow God. He also goes on to say, you'll experience nothing good. You'll be cursed instead of blessed. So it's always good to keep consequences in mind. See, God can forgive your wrong choice. And when we come before God and, you know, we've made a lot of wrong choices, God will forgive us. But, you know, sometimes there's some, been some consequences of those past decisions that we've got to live through the rest of our lives. You're forgiven but there's still consequences. Consequences, keeping in mind of consequences, does help us to live a holy life. So be careful. Careful. But let's not, not talk about the wrong choice. Let's talk about making the right choice. And as you look to verses 15, 16, verse 20, here of Deuteronomy 30, again, some excellent insight of Moses speaking to the people, of telling them, you know, here's what where you want to really focus on. You want to be focusing on making a right choice. And, and it says here, uh, I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to keep his commands, decrees, regulations, by walking in his ways. And if you do this, you're going to live and multiply. And the Lord God's going to bless you and the land you're about to enter and occupy. Not only does God bless you, but he also blesses the land. Isn't that interesting? Verse 20, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So Moses is telling us very clearly here, there's some keys to help you to make right choices. And the obviously first key is that you choose God. Choose God. Choose to love the Lord your God, to give your heart to God, to follow Him. That's the first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Choose whom you will love and stay there. Stay there. Moses is telling us that the love of our life needs to be God. May we choose Him afresh. And if you're here today and, and maybe you've drifted away from God or maybe you've been making some wrong choices or you're listening here online, then, friends, you can make a choice today to say, you know what, 
I'm choosing afresh and anew to serve God. I'm making a choice today. And, and you can do that wherever you might be, wherever you might be traveling. If you're on the road or in your, the other part of the nation, you can choose today. Just say, God, I made a mess. But today I'm saying, God, I'm choosing you afresh and anew. I'm committing my life afresh and anew to serve you. See, that's an important that we make that choice, that it becomes our first love. It's interesting as you read the book of Revelations and Jesus has given his messages to the churches of Revelation and he's telling uh, these churches, you know, there's some things I have, I'm really happy that I'm seeing, but there's other things that I'm seeing that I'm not so happy about. And, and one of those was, you've lost your first love. I wonder how many of us as Christians that God could say that and point his finger at us today and say, you lost your first love. We need to get the passion back. We need to get that love back. Do whatever you have to do to get that passion and that love back again. And then the second choice that we need to make is to obey the Lord and keep his commandments. See, a lot of people today are thinking that, oh, you just got to say a little simple prayer, accept Jesus, and everything's good and wonderful. No, you got to do something else. You need to obey you need to turn from a life of sinfulness to a life of obedience to God and to his commandments. That's something that's very important. A lot of people, oh, well, I love God. Well, are you obeying his commandments? Because if you're not obeying his commandments, then you don't love God. Jesus very clearly says that to us. John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them, they're the ones that love me. And because they love me, my Father's going to love them. I'm going to love them and reveal myself to each of them. How do you experience more of God? You obey the commandments. I don't care if you agree with them or not. If God says it, he's the one in authority. You're not. He is, and we need to submit to that authority in our lives. Love and intimacy come from obedience to God. Does he not say, I will show the Father to you. I'm going to reveal myself to you if you love me. That's why there's a lot of people out there that they kind of made a first step towards God, but never got any further than that because they never got into the intimacy part where they start to follow the commands of God and where God's pleasure began to be upon them and they began to experience God. See, talk is cheap. Obedience is shown by our actions. So we need to be serious here with God. And then the last thing that Moses refers to here is commitment. That's a big word. To commit is to pledge, to bind by a promise, to set yourself apart for God. We've lost that a lot in our Christianity today. There's a lack of commitment in our churches today, worldwide. People don't take their Christianity seriously. They're not committing themselves to fully follow the Lord. And he's telling us that this is something you need to firmly do. This is not just a, you know, a partial commitment. No, it is full commitment. I am all in to serve you. And that's something we need to do. And I even believe in this COVID time that God is testing people's Christianity. That's one thing I've really seen very clearly. God is testing our Christianity. And he's calling us as Christians to take our faith seriously. Not being worried about, you know, what's the latest trend? You know, what's the newest thing that is happening here? Listen, we're to seek a pure, uh, a, a pureness in our relationship with God, yielding ourselves to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit. Fully committed 
fully committed to God. That leads us to making right choices. That leads us into those right places. See, Christianity is an everyday commitment. You don't choose to serve God on one day and not the other day. You don't want to be a Sunday Christian that, you know, comes to church and then, you know, the rest of the week you live like hell. And then you come back to church and think everything's fine and everything's good. No. Christianity is something you do every day. It's a commitment to be made every day to serve Jesus Christ. And that we might be in that place that when he speaks, that we're ready to respond. We're ready to set aside our schedules, our busy schedules, and respond to what he's asking us to do. What is God asking? He's asking for a full commitment. He's asking for us to say, here am I, God. Use me. Use me. And as we respond, making those right choices, there's consequences. But there's some very good consequences. There are rewards. There are blessings that we will receive. They were promised life versus destruction. They were promised prosperity instead of disaster. They were promised life instead of death. Blessings instead of curses. They were promised children, long life, growth as a nation, blessings upon them and blessings upon their land. You know, sometimes we forget that part that obedience to God actually heals the land. You know, I, I think maybe if we got the, our liberals and our Green Party and the NDD, NDP parties to, uh, you know, they're so much about the environment, but you're forgetting something. Faith in God, commitment to God, obedience to God, and God said, I will bless the land, I will heal your land. That's something that's important. Right choices lead to blessings in every area of our life. And it's good to be reminded of that and observe the history of Israel that shows us that this is true. When they did what was wrong, what happened? There was judgment. When they did what was right, what happened? There was prosperity. And, and then you, you, know, you go from them into the promised land in the times of the judges. They'd fall away from God, start serving God, blessings would come back. Look to uh, you know, get into 1 Kings and 2 Kings and all the kings of Israel. And you would see when there was a king that served the Lord, there was blessing upon the land. When there was a king that didn't serve the Lord, destruction came upon the land. Judgment came upon the land. So it's very profitable to heed this message to make right choices. And I really believe God is calling us as Christians in this hour to take our faith seriously, to commit to serving him and putting him first. I really believe that. I really believe God saying it's time to get serious about your faith. When you look at what is happening around the world and things that are taking place, listen, you look at Bible prophecy, let me tell you, the end times are here. It could happen really any day. We need to be ready for what God wants to do. And I believe there's going to be a revival. I believe there's going to be many people come to Christ. But we better be ready. We better be ready to step into that. I believe that God is calling us to make some tough choices. And the simple choice is, are you in or are you out? Because God's not going to tolerate any more of this one foot in and one foot out. It's either you're all in or you're not. There's no more straddling of the fence. You can't live for God and live for the world. The Bible says you're going to love this world, and that is the same thing as telling me that you hate me. It's one or the other. It's time to choose. It's time to make a decision to be all in or to be all out. That's what God's calling 
us to do. And I trust, and I would probably assume that everyone that's in church or even listening online here today would be saying, okay, pastor, I'm all in. I'm making a fresh commitment to say I'm all in. I'm going to choose you. I'm going to say, Lord, here am I. Use me. I'm available for what you want to do in these last days. I want to be a part of what you're going to accomplish in these last days. I want to be ready for your coming. Because soon the trumpet will sound. And he will return. I want to be ready. I want to make sure we're all ready. Just as Moses was concerned for his people, I as a pastor and many other pastors out there are concerned for their people. We want to lead our people to heaven. We don't want to be watching our people go to hell. How terrible that would be. We want to lead people to heaven. That's what our church wants to do. We want to lead people to heaven. We want to lead people to that committed experience with Christ that we might see everybody, as possible, go to heaven. The Bible says that road to hell, it's wide. Well, I want to do my best to make sure I narrow their road and make my road wide, that they can come in and find salvation and find God. But I just believe that God is telling us today, time gets serious. Time to make a choice. You're in or you're out. I believe that's what God's saying. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. You've got to make that choice. It's a very important choice. So, Father, as we look to your word here today, Lord, it does remind us that we have choices to make. Sometimes, Lord, we don't make the right choices. Every one of us, Lord, in this room and online, we've all made choices that were wrong throughout our lives. Sometimes we continue to do so because, Lord, we're, we're not being attentive to you. We're not listening close enough. Well, God, we don't want to keep making wrong choices. We want to make right choices. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us that as we draw close to you, that you would draw close to us. Lord, that you would encounter us just as your word says, that if we would love you, and we would obey your commandments, that, Lord, you're going to reveal yourself to us. Well, Lord, I pray for greater revelations, greater encounters with Jesus Christ. Lord, we can think of loved ones that we all have, that, Lord, have once served you but have walked away. And so, God, I would just pray that there be a fresh calling upon their lives, that, Lord, there be that fresh calling to draw them once again, back to you. I pray for a fresh encounter, a fresh vision, a fresh dream, something, Lord, that would stir them so much that, Lord, they would come back to you. God, I, I pray for where maybe we've lost our passion and we're not as passionate as we used to be about you. And maybe, Lord, that passion has gone so cold that, Lord, there, there's nothing but a little bit of embers. But by God, we understand that even in the natural, as long as there's an ember, that once it gets blown upon and gets stirred up again, a fire can once again ignite. And I pray that God over all of us, that Lord, where our passion maybe has grown cold, where our fire, Lord, has gone down just to the coals or the embers, that Lord, stir up a fire again. Lord, that we would start to blaze Lord, we'd be like a bonfire this time. Not just a little fire, but like a bonfire. Stir it up within us, Lord, we pray.
Lord, if we have sinned and Lord, if we've done things that we should not have done, we ask God that you would forgive us of our sins and that you would cleanse us afresh and you would restore us, Lord, and you would touch us again. Oh, God, bring us back to that place that we need to be with you. Lord, for those, that person that maybe doesn't know you and is watching us today or is even here today, and they've never encountered you, they've never welcomed you into their life, I pray that today that, Lord, they just simply a prayer from their heart and say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I welcome you into my life today. I don't understand all this Christian stuff, but God, I pray that there'd be a fire grow within inside of me. I pray that, Lord, that you'd reveal yourself to me and make yourself so real to me that I might serve you all the days of my life. God, help us to serve. Help us to get our focus back to where it should be. Help us to choose this day whom we will serve. And help us, Lord, to stick with it in Jesus' name.